thoughts coming your way in just a moment. In fact, it's here already. Dave? Hello. I'm Jeff. He's Ach- Dave. Achtung. And we are the two half squads, and we're back again, yet again, like a bad dream, like a bad... Recurring nightmare. Yes, a recurring nightmare, like a bad meal, like a bunion. We are back. <laughs> and this is episode 89. 89. And uh, we are still the two half squads after all this time. And we have recently celebrated. Well, we didn't really celebrate. No, the, didn't do much. But, Went but to a, the open. Yes, but um, a very significant date transpired. Anniversary of a date transpired recently. And we're not sure exactly what the date was. Dave's going to look it up. But uh, this is on or about our fifth anniversary of this podcast. Correct, certainly. Of the publishing date. Yeah. I think we published our first episode uh, on April 16th of 2008. We recorded it some weeks before that. Before we, we decided to wait until we had a few in the can before we actually posted them. And today is April 14th, 2013. Yeah. Day after the ASL Open, or day of the ending of the ASL Open here yes, in Chicago. Yes, today is the last day. Yeah. So, well, Any, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Anything new with you, Jeff? Always. And that might be. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear about it? Well, uh, you know, I just I think that this fifth anniversary is kind of a big deal. Would we have ever believed five years ago when we started recording in that little office upstairs in my house that five years later we'd still be sitting here thinking, why are we doing this exactly? Because <laughs> that was the first thing I think we said on our first episode. And have we done anything to prepare for this episode, really? Yes, we have. Oh, okay. Well, I have. <laughs> God bless you, Dave. Oh, not in a celebratory way. No, no really, we haven't. People have, no. uh, you know, I posted on Facebook and on uh, Google Plus. Hey, hey, everybody! It's our anniversary. Any ideas of what we should do? And a lot of great ideas. We had a lot of great ideas, but none of which are we we are going We're to. Do. <laughs> I should actually pull those. Well, up. do a hangout. We didn't get it scheduled. We're just with not with the weekend of the open. Too much going on. Yeah. So. Here we are, doing a regular show. Yeah. We'll probably get to that big 100 episode and forget to do anything special either. Yeah. Well, I've always thought it would be great to have a special guest, but I can't think of anybody that's really that special. Well, we've already had them all on, all the special guests. Maybe somebody really... Special. Differently special. Um, But I don't know. Then we'll... uh, Dive into some letters. Well, we're thinking of taking a little angle on the uh, Japanese and getting ready for the release of Rising Sun, getting some Pacific Theater information to you in the next two shows. Or three. Or three or four or five. Yeah, who knows? We're hoping to do a Red Barricades round table as the Red Barricades game is over. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when you walked in today and you kind of had that look on your face. And I said, Dave, come in, sit down. What's wrong? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what's going on. I don't know what I'll do now with my time. Yeah. Well, maybe you can. Uh, yeah, Play actually, other that's games a good point. Now. I mean, you weren't expecting to end this soon, really. Were no, you? turn 17. We'll do a round table, get into more details on it. But uh, it is grim. It's just grim. It was like 52 Ameri- um, Russian squads left to 32 attacking, attacking German squads. <laughs> really, really difficult to take the last four buildings at, with those ratios. And. Many German vehicles down, so I think Dave Tunin was demoralized more so ah. than Mark Woods, and so turn seventeen, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. The game's over, and yeah, it just 
seems like a lot of turns, but it's looking grim for them. Yeah. Every flamethrower they have keeps running out of fuel on the first or second shot. Uh-huh. And and some piecemeal attacks, I think. But we'll talk about all that in a whole let's do, we're gonna do a whole round table episode. Yeah. Just talking okay. about we'll, and we'll cover all of that. Rebarricade strategy, but the important tactics, thing now team is... playing. How are you going to fill your time now? You've suddenly you've got this uh, huge gaping hole in your schedule. Well, maybe a series you, of gaping. You holes. and I can now play those zombie games we've been yeah. trying to play for three years. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could, or we could pick something larger, or something from Comp Group Share, which we will be reviewing in this show or the next show. Yes, lots of stuff. I mean, we certainly have. There's certainly a lot of stuff that we have not yet played that looks like a lot of fun. A lot of stuff, yeah. like. And my wife is, you know, going to be out of town actually for several weekends the ones over that the next few months. The ones that I'm busy at. Well, no, I mean, well, on, on after through, that. yes, in uh, June she'll be busy for several weekends, and uh, I, I'm not sure about July, but August I think also. Okay. So she's taking some classes and things that are going to be out of town. So maybe we could set up something big. And I, I'm putting it out there. I can't remember if I officially did this or not, but. I've conveniently forgotten whether or not I've started begging for this. But if anybody knows where I can get my hands on a copy of uh, Tarawa, ASL Tarawa, the Blood Reef. Oh, right. You played it with uh, someone else and started playing it and would like to play it again and would like to get my hands on a copy. I think that one's expensive now. Well, I don't want to pay a high price. I just want to pay the regular (laughs) price for it. Well, which our listeners often do chime in and say, hey, there are people unlike me. Yeah. There are people who don't need to make a profit there's, on there's their product probably to somebody... support their gaming habit. Right. They're just waiting for the right person to <clears throat> to sell it to for a fair price. And here I am. Yes. So give us an email, I folks. I promise I'll take good care of it. Busy month for me. My school play ends next weekend. The weekend after that is Little Wars, the Historical Miniature Gaming Society weekend. Yeah. And the same weekend, I believe, is a military miniatures show. I have never attended in Northbrook, Illinois. Oh. And I'd like to maybe get to that, but it's going to be challenging if I'm trying to do Little Wars. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be painting the set, building the set for my daughter's theater production every Saturday morning, which I skipped because I was at the open, and I'll be skipping again when I'm at oh, Little you're Wars. you're going to be in the so doghouse. I am going to have to be working yeah. a lot on those other Saturdays or yeah. weeknights after my show ends. Rehearsals go till 6, six home at 6.30. But three more dress rehearsals, and then it's showtime. So. I would offer to help you, but I hurt my back Yeah, <laughs> any minute now. It's actually fun going to the shop, working on the set. Yeah, I'm sure. My days of Paper Moon Productions doing theater sets for the Marriott Lincolnshire Theater up here in Chicago and, and some other ones, Drury Lane and the Marengo Theater. And Well, that's the thing. There, are, Those things are fun, but um, it does take away from gaming time. It does. Which I really noticed. That, and the more... Whenever I sit down and start reading gaming stuff, I notice how much time I don't have for it. So um, I feel for you. Well, I feel for you. Just I will be freeing up soon. Good. Well, why don't we, uh, what do you say? We do some letters. Dive right in. Let's do some letters.
could tell Dave is working on his computer because he is not singing the song. I am not dancing. <laughs> Your iTunes is different. Yeah, oh, they upgraded up their software. Pictures or oh, something yeah. like this. I'm like, I can't read this. I yeah. can't find what I need here. That's better though, isn't it? You know, looking for some. If anyone's called in and left us an, a voicemail, I wanted to play, and I can't find them. I don't. I'm not even sure there were any left because we need more people to call us. Yes, please call us. Have something nice to say and leave us a message. I brought something special to drink tonight. And it is, sir? I brought some pinch scotch. The 15-year-old. Just a pinch. Yeah. And uh, I I couldn't find... I thought, I should go buy a nice five-year-old scotch. But, of course, that's crap. Um, Five-year-old scotch (laughs) is garbage. So I found some 15-year-old scotch, which we can drink again on the 15th anniversary of our show. Oh, and here comes my lovely wife to join us. Hi, Robin. Hello. Hello, Robin. Let me get you a microphone. You need a microphone. Now you have a microphone. You want to say something? Hi. Hello, Robin. (laughs) Very good. Hello. Happy anniversary. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Boyfriends. And uh, I know you guys kind of make fun of me for being a little bit of an alcohol prude. So I just brought a (laughs) beer down, a nice Bex, nice and cold. uh, And I just thought I'd open it in your honor. So... There we go. And Happy a, anniversary. And a glass oh, of ice. Oh, thank you. And a glass of ice. Hold that, hold that right close to it. Here you go, everybody. Cheers. There it is. Now, are you drinking that because you feel like you need a beer? <laughs> or because... I had a bad day. You had a bad day. <laughs> or I'm a little stressed out. Or you're celebrating something because or, those are all not good reasons. Or I'm celebrating something and uh, my IKEA project it, might not have gone together properly. Oh, oh no. Could be find the right later. tools. Yeah. You know, it it's all upside down. Rolling high for a whole day, you know. Just <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. The listeners can relate to that. Yeah, so for sure. This uh, Bex is for you. Well, cheers. And cheers. Cheers. Happy anniversary. Cheers to Bex. Dave is drinking his Dr. Pepper for the moment, but I'll indulge a little later. I'm drinking something called Harpoon Celtic Red, which I bought at Trader Joe's, so I'm not really sure if it's actual beer or just one of those Trader Joe's pass-offs as beer. I'm sure it's good quality, but it's key. But it tastes okay so far. Better than what we were drinking yesterday. So hi and hello to all the beautiful listeners all across the world. You guys are awesome. And uh, I read all your cards and letters. And I'm in the background with my little pom-poms cheering <laughs> your medieval Barbie club on. Well, I have a card and letter here from Kurt S. And Kurt is saying... Is that like Curtis? Kurt Zodzak. Oh, okay. Your website used to have a list of links to various vendors and clubs. Have you thought about updating it? I thought the links were great. The list also allowed people to have easy entrance route to the SL community and support. Not trying to add extra work to your plate, just wanted to give you some input. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. I will... Uh... Oh, he, he actually wants... You read his well, letter. Well, the I'm actually supposed to answer it. Yes, the listeners would would like to know why. Why we don't have the links anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason is because I'm lazy, and it's you know there's so many. Well, a lot of Robin's biting her lip. Don't hurt of... yourself, honey. It's true. It's, it's true. hard to keep up with all that. There's so much ASL content out there, and there's so many other websites that contain lots of good links. Yeah, and I and I think a lot of the other websites have really good links. So you go to some ASL blogs and start clicking around. It'll take you to other sites with more links. And so at, at the moment, we're not going to try it's and links keep up, that, but you oh, never know. Yeah, it'd be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of links. Really, that's that's one of the beauties and the uh, travesties of the 
internet. So, but thanks anyway for listening and for that suggestion. We will ignore it. <laughs> Robbie? And now we have a nice letter from Andrew Cowan or Cohen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you sign your letter Andy. So should I call you Andy? Hi, Andy. Hi, guys. Thanks for another great show. Keep the letter segment. That way, your listeners' prose will echo down through the ages. One of the letters you... I mean, this is like six-point font. Oh, yeah. Would you like that a little larger? Or or give me some eyeglasses. Yeah. Don't you have some squad leader hold eyeglasses? On. Oh, hold on. Hold on, Andrew. We're getting Hold on. It. We're getting there. Not, not. Okay, Andy, here we go. So, one of the letters you read was from a Rick Carter. I was wondering if that was the same Rick Carter that lived across the street from me on Anthony Street, Union Springs, New York. So, is that you? Rick Carter, a great guy. Yes, it's me. Yes. Oh, my God, it's me. It's me. Um, A great guy back in the day. We used to play all the old school Avalon Hill games like Squad Leader, Victory in the Pacific, Wooden Ships and Iron Men, Magic Realm, etc., etc. Keep up the good work, Andy Cowan. Yeah, let's hope that that was your childhood friend. And hopefully that he's not part of the Witness Protection Program (laughs) and has now been outed. Rick Carter, Rick Carter calling Well, Rick Carter. I think yeah. if that's you, but yeah, I'll put a posting on our uh, comment section or email us and we'll get you guys in touch again. And Yeah, not just for gaming. It's like yeah. reuniting long lost buddies. Yeah, we serve the public on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Here's an email from Keith Hathaway. Hi, guys. Is there any way to remove the game category from the site? The reason I ask is I could listen to the podcast from my desk at work, but it's blocked. Thanks. Well, we don't really like to... Uh, apparently, his boss and the IT department there is very strict about this kind of thing. Well, so we get blocked. I can get us at work now, but it used to be... I know a lot of things in gaming. I'd be on lunch and I'd click over and it would, would be blocked because of the gaming. My district has let up on that quite a bit. Oh. but Well, good for you. What about... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do we take if we take it off? Do we lose other listenership searching for us in a category? Or we probably would, and um, I don't think it's retroactive. We would have to go back through all of our shows and remove the word gaming, and I'm oh, not going to do that. I'm going to refer back to what I said before: was I'm lazy. That would be well. I could I could do it too, but that would be a lot of episodes to go through. And we write, could misspell right? the word gaming. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I could burn them to disc and listen. Okay. Or... How about a little thing called a USB? Um, thingy madingy. Yeah, yeah, you load yeah. them up to that. Yeah. And then... Or an iPod. Or yes. Or an iPod Nano. Yeah, or I use a Zoom. Mine. Or a... That's true. Yeah. Well, and the other... What I ended up doing was getting a link directly to our MP3 from the Podbeam site that streams our audio, and I sent him that link in an email. Oh, you did. Oh, awesome. Did that work? And that worked. Oh, oh good. So I don't know if I'm going to need to do that every show, but certainly if he would like me to, I won't. <laughs> well, yeah. Because again, I'm going to refer back to what I said earlier. <laughs> I'm lazy. Well, I have a letter from Luke also. While the Two Half Squads is my podcast uh, of choice, I do enjoy a few other gaming podcasts, among which is Guns, Dice, and Butter. And I mentioned it to you because the most re- recent episode had an interview with Don Greenwood, developer of Squad Leader and ASL. Unfortunately, Mr. Greenwood does not have a high opinion of ASL. Um, John Hill doesn't seem to either. What's up with that? The people who created it have forsaken their child. But the interview might be of interest to your listeners, and he has the link, and we'll put the link up. 
I also wanted to mention that I love the various discussions. I've read barricades in the episodes and we'll miss that. I wish Dave could just play a full campaign game and give us a 15-minute progress report each episode. Wow. Mm. And I enjoyed hearing about his devious plans to pop out of sewers and kill 838s and the desperate Russians hiding in cellars and culverts and so on. And you will get more of that, as we mentioned. We will be doing a roundtable on that topic. And, yeah, Mr. Greenwood, Don Greenwood, developer of ASL, is kind of... He doesn't like ASL. He developed ASL. I mean, his name is on the credits. The advanced portion, I think, yes. making it more and more and more complicated. Right. And I believe, when I listened to the interview, if my memory is correct, his opinion was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, not enough people play that, and it's too complicated, and uh, oh, I don't know what we were doing, kind of concept. And I just disagree, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um. It is too complicated. I will agree with him there. Yeah, not many but, people play with it. Play it. Yeah. I agree with him there. But it's still, isn't it one of <laughs> and the... And not many people play with it either. Yeah, <laughs> they don't play with it. But isn't it one of the more popular items at MMP? And... I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's one of the more popular things. We, we don't really have any way of knowing. We do know that it has obviously has staying power. But so does... Um, Leprosy. <laughs> well, no. I was thinking of, uh, I was trying to think of another game that has staying power, like Panzer Blitz. A monopoly. Which has been around life. since 1970. Yeah. Life, game yeah. Life. Game of life. Right. You start with a tank and $200. Game of life. Mm-hmm. Develop oh, a nuclear weapon. Yes. Yeah. Threaten Japan with it. Yeah. You know, we bought Battleship not too long ago and decided to play because we both had good memories of that from childhood. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, should have stayed there. Should have left yeah. it there. Like it still. Should have left it there and not gone back. Yeah, we sat out one night with it and uh, cigars, had a, a cigar, bit. played Battleship, and we thought, oh, this will be fun. Lame. We were really? wrong. We were you wrong. Like it really it? wasn't. Well, it was, it's, you know, it's very simple. It's like shoots and ladders. Yes, it is very simple. It's like guess. Okay, there are 64 yeah. pegs, and you basically just guess. Yeah. You guess. But once you hit a, a, a ship, you have to figure out, was it the three-pronged ship? and which direction it's going North and south or east and you west? You don't have to figure it out. So you just dumb. guess the so you just I mean, guessing a guess in a circle around yeah. the peg you hit. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not, uh, it's, it, it's boring. It's boring, but it does help you develop a scientific mind. Apparently. I think. You know, you figure out, you learn how to solve a problem and by figuring out well, where stuff imagine, is. Yeah, and you can imagine a grid with your eyes closed. Yeah. Well, my tactic became, I just start plugging in every other hole. <laughs> alternating across the rows, working my way from top to bottom. Cheater. I never win. That's not the spirit of the I game. I never win. That I was always not beat the spirit by people of the just game. randomly guessing. That's what we do. Hitting my ships, yeah. So the next letter comes from Dennis Donovan, and he writes, Hi, guys. I'm listening to episode 87 as we speak, in particular the book review of E.B. Sledge's book, With the Old Breed. I read it as a result of watching HBO's The Pacific There are three other books mentioned and that were used in the series. There are three other books mentioned that were used in the series. I would finish watching the series. It was really, it really is well done and made me want, this is why I don't drink beer. This is exactly (laughs) why. There you go. What'd you do? Spill beer on the keyboard? I had like a a quarter of a a glass and I'm, wee. Well, we haven't had a a drink since last week. All right. Anyway. He wants you to finish this watch in the series. And we it's should. it's really well done, and yeah. it made him want to play PTO stuff. Mm-hmm. Off the top of his head, the other two he remembers are uh, Red Blood, Black Sand, fighting alongside John Basil One from Boot Camp 
to Iwo Jima by Chuck Tatum. That actually is spelled Basil One. I think it's Basiloni, though. <laughs> Again, Basil let me One. refer back to you being lazy and I just had some beer. And a helmet for my pillow. That's like penny for your thought. Yeah. Helmet for My Pillow by Robert <clears throat> Lecky. I have heard of that one. I read Lecky's book last as, oh, I'd read Lecky's book last as he was a journalist by trade, and his writing is by far the most polished. If for nothing else, read the two paragraphs where he talks about how and when servicemen use the F word. Ah. He says the word without saying it. I did wonder about historic usage of the F word. <laughs> when... Does everybody know what the F word is? Uh, yes, Dave. I don't need to say it on the air, yes. <laughs> when I saw the guys, the real band of brothers, Buck Compton and a few others two years ago, oh, that's so cool. They mentioned modern movies use way too much vulgarity. Oh. Uh-huh. That's, that, one, that letter I remember. That's sticking with me. And now yeah. back to the show. Dennis. Well, Thanks, Dennis. Yes. Good letter, and, Dennis. And fascinating to hear your comment about that with the language use. Because we know it's much more prevalent today everywhere in society, yeah. Yeah. and particularly films than films, obviously, we, that we grew up with. But it would be interesting to double-check with some other veterans if they find the same kind of thing happening. Yeah. You know. So what you're saying is uh, in the modern movies, they, they're dramatizing much more and language a lot of than, and Yeah, and I would rather have historical accuracy. Me too. You know, and... Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a big fan of the language anyway because you know it limits what you can do with other people and watching films. The argument of it making it realistic never really seems to wash with me because, like in my real life, my friends don't swear a lot, mm-hmm. and so it, it it just doesn't seem to really work. Argo was a great movie, but a lot of f word and really, oh yeah. Totally. Well, that was only the '70s though. And and Laura, in fact, I told her about this letter sent to us now about that this guy believes that the guys said they didn't swear that much. And and we were like, well, this, yeah, Argo was the 79, 80s, right? It was yeah. probably more prevalent. And today it would be even more. I mean, people do it in the store in front of you, in front yeah. of your kids. In church. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe your friends do. Oh. <laughs> we go to the f- free church. <laughs> They're very free. The free language church. I yeah, that's interesting, but I can't imagine a movie where the guy goes, oh, shucks, I've been shot. Well, what, so what did Great say? Caesar's ghost, somebody shot my leg off. <laughs> you know, Gad Zooks, uh, there's a cannoli, tank over there. Holy cannoli. Yeah. Here come the Italians. Here comes a grenade. Well, do you think he's wrong about that? <laughs> no, I don't. No. I just don't think it would uh, play well in a, in a modern movie. Well, we need to know what the swear words were of the time. I'll bet Has you wouldn't miss anything? it. Screaming in agony would cover that just as well as well. Yes, but if they used if they used the vernacular of the time, uh, it might not play well anymore. Well, what was the vernacular yeah? Of but the they do well, shucks, Great Caesar's ghost, and uh, what what did you use? Great balls Holy fire. cannoli. Oh, yeah. Holy cannoli. You know, yeah, stuff like that. If they use that actual language in film today, I don't know that but, people would. Okay, respond so to it. They're redoing the Great Gatsby. Are they going to use terms like hepcat and licorice stick for a clarinet and so on? They're, they'll you use know? the language that was in the book, probably. Yeah. Which is. You think that would detract from the movie then? Um. No. No, because that's 
Yeah, you're right. That's so then the it wouldn't time, so we could... to substitute different. But if Gatsby was and... was shot, well, let's see. He does get shot in the end. <laughs> well, so let's wait and see pool. what he says. Yeah, all right. Let's see. So if he stuck his hand in a blender while he was making a cocktail. <laughs> Jumping Jehoshaphat! I got my hand stuck in a blender! <laughs> I don't think that was a 20 slang term. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Hard to know. Anyway, uh, well, thought, I have another serious letter, letter. thought-provoking letter yeah. here. I have one from Kurt Clinton. Thanks, Dennis. This Thanks one... for provoking us. Ciao, ciao, Dennis. Thanks a lot. Man. And this one from Kurt Clinton. This is a response to your review of Sledge's story about taking of teeth by Marines in World War II. What you were describing is not war, but war crimes. It is easy to understand why few prisoners are taken during the fights, but mutilating wounded is simply a crime. It's not about good guys doing bad things, but being less culpable than the real bad guys. When I he's referring to when I said I was talking to my students that the bad bad guys were the Nazis and the Japanese, and the good bad guys were the Americans and the British and the French in World War II. Do you remember that, John? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying. I don't. Know, do you get what he's saying there? It's not about good guys doing bad things, but being less culpable than the real bad guys. Oh, he's saying they're equally as guilty as any. An American doing that is as guilty as a Nazi. Yes. atrocity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I was talking about good, bad guys, I'm, I think my kids understood me to be that the nation's goals were at a higher level of respect and following the, you know, Geneva Code. Yeah. And individuals amongst that. But yet, yet there's no perfection in, in having a good war, right? Because it does have, as he's saying, these war crimes. Right. But it's also a complete failure of leadership, and anyone who puts even a little thought into it could figure out that soldiers and units will mentally cripple themselves by participating in such reprehensible conduct. And he refers to the loyal SS soldiers mentally collapsing and participating in the mass executions at gunpoint and why they met and, you know, with the Holocaust had to come up with a, quote, better way to kill people. So anyway, food for thought. Yeah, and he ends a very serious letter with "Keep up the fine podcasting. Your show is a charm," which oh. struck me. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard it because the letter was that. so serious. Yeah, serious and thoughtful. Your show is a charm. Show is a charm. That's <laughs> very thank, nice. That's very and nice. And thank you very much, Kurt. And uh, you know, like spurring the conversation. Great stuff to think about outside of, of gaming and showing how much of a wider thing gaming can be. Yes, I have a letter here from James Lamphere. Hi, greetings, James. greetings, gents. Greetings. Greetings, gents. I've really enjoyed the Red Barricades coverage in the last several episodes. My interest in World War II has traditionally been centered around the Western European Front, but given that this year marked the 70th anniversary of the German defeat in Stalingrad, I decided I wanted to learn more about the war in the East. I just finished an excellent book titled Stalingrad, The Fateful Siege, 1942-1943 by Antony Bevor. No relation to Justin, I'm sure. Everybody calm down. It's a fascinating and detailed read. I highly recommend it. I also oh, recently... No I took me a minute. I also recently, you know, in Norway, Justin, they're giving the Justin kids... The, they're giving the kids half a day off oh. from their midterms, I think tomorrow... No, Tuesday, so they can go to a Justin Bieber concert. Is it concert like, did, in is Norway. that where they were like Justin Bieber? Hey, yeah, yeah. Is that how the Norwegians speak? I don't really yeah. know. I thought that was the Minnesotans. Let us know. Yeah. Well, they're all and they bring yeah. them Scandinavian descent. Yes. Or is it their ice skates? I don't know. And their uh, wooden shoes. Yeah. I've also recently scored a decently priced sealed copy of Red Barricades from eBay. 
I've never played any of the historical ASL modules, and just holding the 24-year-old unspoiled Avalon Hill product in my hands makes me giddy like a little girl. Yes, you should be. I wonder how he would know. It will be (laughs) a while before my regular gaming buddy, I'm schooling in ASL, is ready to take it on with me, and it almost seems like a shame to open it after nearly a quarter of a century, but I'm so looking forward to it. Anyway, still loving the podcast. Thanks for reading my letter on episode 84 and oper- offering your matchmaking services. I live in Spokane, Washington. Please feel free to weave your magic. It's much appreciated. Thanks, guys. All right. James, P.S. Dave, oh. I genuinely enjoy your solo episodes and segments. Oh, that's one person. I thought it was oh. time someone came to your defense. Oh, hooray. That's How why I that? starred that letter. How about I knew that? there was a reason. Yeah. You don't get no respect, Dave. You don't. You don't get no respect. Hey, remember, your choice would be no show that week or a boring show that week. So right. Take the boring show. And I, th- I think your shows are fine. I'm well, going li- to listen to them someday. But they're, you know, it is like one guy talking. So, you know. Um, well, you I, have Piano Man. Piano Man is, yeah. is, is I, I'm missing if him. If you were a little more schizophrenic. Piano maybe. Man to come back. And we have this letter from, that's to a link to... Geek Starter, like Kickstarter. Oh, Geekstarter. It's Geekstarter, which has the version of Advanced Squad Leader for expert players. It's all new. It's coming out, adding some more realism and a little bit more Chrome to the simple basic ASL system. What? Yes, even, I didn't read this. Letter. Oh, yes. How did I miss this? So here, Don Green would take that. <laughs> Actually, you mean there's a project to come out with a more well, advanced, like it, super advanced squad leader? It was posted on April 1st on Board Game oh. Geek. And so I'm going to link it up for everyone's enjoyment. Wee, All right. God. And, and Robin, you have a letter? Yes, this is from my good friend, PJ Norton. Hi, PJ. PJ, hello. Hi. Guys. PJ, really. Guys and girls. I have a date set for Museum Fest, May 17th and 18th, 2013. As usual, we will start after work on Friday and run through nonstop until late Saturday night, Sunday morning. We've been growing strictly from we have been growing from strictly ASL gaming into minis, Euro games and Warhammer. Any gaming is welcome. Please let anyone in your particular circle of gaming know that they are welcome. You are welcome. Directions can be found at MIMTHS.org. Is that a fancy name like MIMTHS? Yeah, I think it is. You guys call it like MIMTHS? Yeah. MIMTHS.org. This is a great place for wargaming. There are displays of militaria and civil defense items in the museum. Please contact me if you have any further questions at PJNORT3 at Hotmail.com. That's PJNORT at Hotmail.com. Hugs and kisses. Love, PJ. He didn't put hugs and kisses. Oh. Did you? Oh, yeah. Maybe he wouldn't appreciate that. Maybe. <laughs> you added Oh, I think that. he would. You We interviewed oh, yeah, PJ. You're right. We interviewed you're right. PJ. Yeah, he's, he's cool. Very, yeah, he's very set, cool. Set them straight, PJ. Well, any gaming is welcome. I'm thinking, you know, Dave, we should hop in the car, get up there, and barbie introduce game. them to cockfighting. <laughs> Isn't that illegal? What about the barbie game? The Barbie game. The Perfect. Barbie game. Have you ever told anyone? <laughs> it's still up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bob Holmstrom came in and game. saw it on the shelf, yeah. and we actually covered it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm indeed. not sure where it is. I may have and, given uh, it back to the kids. Wait, who was the guy that everyone dated? Ken? No, the other one. Poindexter? Yeah. <laughs> Poindexter. Kendra loved to get Poindexter. There was Poindexter. no Poindexter oh, yeah. Barbie guy. Yeah, he was a six plus one. 
Definitely. <laughs> he was the six plus one. Everyone was a nine one or nine two. What do you mean? It was all girls and one guy? That's a cool. Yeah, of course, just that's, what that's you would think. It would, yes, that's what I would think. No, well, there were more just men Ken. for women. No, it wasn't. No, there Ken was and Ken black, and three others. Women. It was. There were more men to choose from. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a problem in China soon. Is that generation that where they were not yeah. allowing baby girls for so long? All those men going to be fighting. I think China's going to be going to a war, to war, not on economic reasons, but have a war to get women. Oh, really? Maybe they'll. Yeah. Be Remember, they were aborting all their women, all their oh, girl yeah, right. babies for all those years. Yeah. So or you know what that's going to do? You know, a lot of us were adopting. Yeah, so it's like going to be a whole generation of just men. They'll have a war of conquest to take women from foreign countries. We must be on our guard. We should, yes, Protect our women. I was just thinking of the Chinese version of the Barbie game where the male interest was Chen. (laughs) And and Choindexter? (laughs) Possibly. No, that has to be edited out. No. No. That's not racist. I know. It's It's not. I know my students at school are so, they don't understand. (laughs) We try. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should get on to maybe some squad leader or some real ASL. Let's do some ASL. Oh, come on. Really? (laughs) It's sometime we have to talk about the game. Yeah. I will say, uh, Robin. You listen to every episode of the show. I do. I love it. Better sometimes than some more than some, sometimes yeah. more than Laura once. Laura Kleinschmidt called you've got out your number. It's amazing. It actually is kind of surprising. I mean, I don't want to put Laura on the spot, especially since she's not here. But maybe this is the best time to put her on the spot. Laura, <laughs> I don't mind. Laura, why? Why doesn't she listen? How come? Um, you know, I think really? she's just too busy. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse. <laughs> You can get her one of those MP3 players. Well, Robin, you don't listen to the whole show, though. Once I we get do. into the rules section, you're through. out, right? I don't want to miss. Really? I listen all, I, because you guys are funny. Well, you know what? There is humor in the rules sections, too. I don't really but give but a once your eyes start glazing gaming. over, you know, you don't get to this suddenly yeah. when it's really very funny. Or I, just, there's... I like the way you guys laugh and your little funny things. And yeah, I do. Uh, I listen. Well, thank you. I loved uh, Broadway, Broadway Dracula recently. <laughs> so funny. And you guys oh, and are I, just good. I finished so. my Frankenstein kit. Did we talk about that yet? No, we didn't talk about that. If yet. I say it, maybe we'll have an excuse to call it Frankenstein Show and put my picture up again. There we oh, go. No. Yeah. I really like that you put your your own picture of uh, Broadway Dracula. Yeah, I did replace the show. Your, your, yeah, yours from the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Very nice. Nicely nice. done. Well, anyway, right, Robin, well, we appreciate that you are uh, one of our most away. loyal listeners. Mm hmm. And we have this show. little prize for you. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. My own glasses. Yes, I yeah, found them over here. Back, these glasses. Been it's a little gift like for you. Minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Anyway, I just want to say five years. Wow. Well, thank I'm you. Really proud of you guys. You've come a long way, and uh, you're doing a great job, and I'm proud of you. And thank you. You've been through a lot on the show, and a lot's happened in this foxhole, and keep up the good work. And a lot of things we don't talk about on the air. Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff about playing in your panties, that's pretty funny, <laughs> no, by the way. Without Just pants. without pants. We don't go so far. We do not. Men do not say the word panties. We do I not play in our panties. Wait, wait, wait. Who wrote in and gave the list of all the cool things about playing virtual school? Oh, yeah. That, that was, was Bill great. Ford. Bill, we met you oh, at Bill. the Open. And I, I want to, to apologize. I, I emailed him last mention. night. Bill, oh, did you good? I, I almost peed my pants in the car. It was hilarious. Yeah, he was hilarious. And Bill, we 
we met him yesterday, yeah, and we, we didn't put show. two and two okay. together. Like, yeah. oh, you're the okay, one well, that wrote. Yeah. See, Bill, this yes. is why I need to be here because yes. I yeah. just want to say you are one hilarious dude. Yeah. But I will say our awesome guys here are great hosts of this amazing podcast. They riffed pretty well during that episode. So. And now well with done. with Robin coming is now a special episode for our anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for I'll, stopping in, Robbie. I'll say I'll be your thing and. Uh, See you guys. Uh, uh, until we meet again. Until we meet again. In about an hour. Fairly yeah. well. Ciao, well, ciao. except me, I'll be out the yeah. door. Good night. This is the Two Hat Squad's News. We interrupt this program for a very special news bulletin. of course the Australian National Anthem hope you're all standing and facing Australia that would be good, that would be proper I guess under the circumstances you know you could ask me to play this on my electronic piano oh, on my organ have you got it? no, it's at home Oh. <laughs> alright, well then I won't ask you I don't want to put you on the spot it's kind of catchy You know, I didn't realize that that was the uh, Australian National Anthem. anthem. I always thought it was Waltzing Matilda. We'll go a-waltzing, a-waltzing Matilda. Well, anyway, the reason why I'm playing this is because I want to send a very special congratulations to everybody in Australia because just moments ago, Adam Scott has become the first person from down under to ever win the Masters Golf Tournament. Just happened moments ago, and so we congratulate Adam Scott and his family and friends, all of the competitors at the tournament, especially all of the Australian competitors and everybody in Australia. And if you would like to, you may all send us a donation. Feel free. Yeah, I think that's fair. And this just in from the ASL Open. more news. Mike Zemmins wins the 2013 ASL Open with a 6-0 record, defeating Doug Kirk 4-2. In the final, his record was four wins, two losses. In the final round, in Norman D, quotation marks. That must be a scenario. I hope so. And second place, still in progress with Bob Bendis, four wins, one loss against Brett Hildebrand, four wins, one loss. Playing for second place. Dave Lamb will win third place. This just in. Second place goes to Brett Hildebrand. Oh. Defeating Bob Bendis. Wow. In Coriano. The ticker must be just ticking away like just crazy. In. I thought, you know, don't we have... Oh, we do. Boy, this show is very professional from one end to the other. Better late than never, though. Never, though. Here's our uh, ticker, news ticker sound effect. This just in. News ticker sound effect. 
<laughs> All right, cut it out, guys. Well, that's amazing that you just got that news from the ASL Open. A lot of good stuff going on. Yes, congratulations, guys. And we yeah, were at the Open. As we, we were. Yes. Said. So why don't we play our little um, recording sound qualities of all that background noise? But that's it makes it puts you there. Puts like you right there. there. Yeah. Should we go on location? Let's go on location to the ASL Open and into the time machine because so, we have to go back to yesterday. Join us, everybody. Join us. Join us as we go back to yesterday. For an interview at the ASL Open. Help, Mr. Wizard. All right, hello, everybody. We're at the ASL Open 2013. When you say we, what do you mean, what do you mean exactly? Well, it's, I'm at the table. Who are you? Dave Kleinschmidt. Ah. I'm Jeff Hallett. And with us is Mark Woods. Mark Woods. Sweet. And also at our table is Doug Kirk. Brett Hildebrand. Those aren't their real names, are they? It is. They're Those playing up names. like a championship game. Because look at the standings right now. Yeah. Number one, Chris Edwards. Who's he? Uh, he's number one. Mike is immense. I don't know who he is. Yeah, I do not. Doug Kirk, right Doug next Kirk? to us. Yeah, right next to us. And Brett Hildebrand at our table right here playing. So I'm talking quietly. You can almost touch them. Mark DeVries, number five. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I'm going to touch one of them. Oh no, I better not. Matt, Matt Book, number six. Jeff Young, number seven. Mike Stupitz, number eight. Our own Mike Stupitz. Our own Mike Stupitz. Rich Domovich, number nine. Bob he Bendis. Grew up under your tutelage. Mike did, yes. Bob Bendis, number 10. What else have you got under your tutelage? Dave Lamb, number 11. Curtis Brooks, number 12. Charles Dye, number 13. And so on and so forth. Bob Holmstrom is at number 20. He's not having a good outing here. But even Pete Schelling's below him at 22. Bill Hayward, 26. Bilky, 28. Dave Ramirez, 30. Oh my gosh, I should have uh, signed up for the tournament. You should have, because those guys didn't usually hire me. So I'll go hang this back up. You stole that off the wall. Yeah, get, get back over there. Why don't you guys tell them about the game we played? All right. Well, we came here together, the three of us, Mark, David, and I, and decided to play a three-way game, which is, you know, they're not all that common, so it's kind of fun. Well, it was kind of fun, In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. Which is from uh, Founding Fire Productions, right? That's my understanding, yep. I can't remember the name of the module, but it's the one with uh, the on. Into the Rubble. Oh, Into the Rubble. Yes. Is it well, from Into the Rubble? No, it was from the Frank Terrier. Oh. Russian commie oh, yes. revolution civil war thing I right. like so much. LMT. But it plays on the on the bounding fire boards from into the rock. That's right. It's so complicated. It's already complicated. Well, it, it took an hour to go over the special rules. Yeah. You did a very well, ex- a very good job explaining that. But it's, I, I thought it was a great idea to, to suggest a three-way game because they don't come along that often, and it's, it's really fun. Well, well, it, it pitted us against one another, and we were all able to antagonize one another equally. Yeah. Correct, except for the fact that these two guys, the Bolsheviks and the Socialist Republic Party. The Shmolseviks and the Bolsheviks. The Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks ganged up against the Red Army, which I played. And it game ended up a draw. 
I was very disappointed, actually. There was, yeah. Though we kind of said, we said, let's gang up on Dave, and then we'll just call it a draw with that. Meaning the two of you, but I was still in the game. So, with the the victory conditions on this, you got to control the bullying by yourself. Not likely to happen. Agreed? Right. Then you have to have two more than the other teams combined of squads in the building. Yeah. Or crews, whatever. And that's hard to achieve because the other two guys are combined. (laughs) So we went right down the list of five victory conditions that came down the last one. It's a draw. I would add number six. Whoever has the most squads in the building of the three teams independently added up would be the winner. That would have been Jeff. I think you make a good point, Dave. The the way the game is set up, two sides pretty much have to align uh, to work together because if they don't, the the Russians are going to win easily. Yeah, the Red Army because they're in the building to start with and they have all these artillery pieces. Lots of big artillery pieces. Big. 152s, 122s. Over half of the broke by the end of the game. Yes, but you use them to very good effect for a while. Yes, true, true. And the, the victory conditions seem to be better if there's only two sides left at the end of the game. To have two more than the other exactly. guys combined becomes right. much easier. Yeah, I like that. I think that's but that seems very unlikely. It does. It, it just because to, to be able to stand a chance of the game, two sides pretty much have to align. And it's only five turns. Yeah. And the setup was interesting because the Bolsheviks and the Schmolseviks and the Mensheviks. Oh, yeah, the Mensheviks. Uh, each had the option to either, either set up. Well, they had two ways to set up. They could set up on one side of the board, and they could also enter on other edges. And they could enter behind each other. So, if they decided to go against each other, I mean, it could have been a real free-for-all, but I, I don't see how they could have won. But it would have been interesting to try. But we decided to just have the Menchevich come in on one side, the Bolsheviks. But you pretty much set up on the, the north edge of the board near yes. the, the building that Dave was defending. And I took the, the south edge going after some of the big guns that Dave had down there. Right. Yeah, there were four big artillery pieces in Sangars out in the open areas by the railroad tracks down there. The railroad tracks were ground level, so they didn't affect play much at all. And the um, board looks cool, though. And so, yeah, they did eventually knock me out of all four of those southern guns. A great loss to the Minister of A great loss. You were down over half. I think by the time we took out those guns, I'd already lost about four and a half squads. Well, you had only seven left at the end game? At the end of the game, I think I had five. Five. Out of 13 that I started. Yeah, and I had a lot going into turn five, but then they break. They were out to the center. They're hit from both sides, the Red Army. And jumping to the close. Then they get jumped in on close combat because they got nowhere to really route to. Trying to hold the building. No upper levels. It's a factory and tear some interior walls for protection. But did come down, well, to the end, it would always yeah, in this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I took I think I kinda of took advantage of Mark's good nature and just the way the board was laid out. I just figured the best position for me in order to conquer would be to concentrate on the north side. Would you go through the sewers a little bit? Oh yeah. Straight Sewer on movement? Attack, very close. 
attack. And I actually felt good about the setup initially, Jeff. I just took some big losses. I think if I had to do it again, and if I was, if we were going to align, I would ask you to devote some more forces to the south to work on the guns. Yes. Rather than leaving it all up to me. Yeah, because then that left Jeff with more dudes to get into the building quicker without crossing open ground as much by the railroads. But it was fun. It was my first opportunity to use sewer which uh, I, I got a little overzealous at the beginning, and I put three stacks down in the sewers right away because I just thought, oh, they'll just meander their way over and pop up toward the end of the game, which they may be better off fighting their way into the building. Yeah, really, they were. And although when you did pop up, I, it did force me to keep back two squads concealed in the sewer hex that's in the factory we lost fight yeah. for here in building P2. And um, that did hold me up for a while, and I didn't need to do that. They were free to move around and then come back to it later. But I wanted to keep concealment so I didn't want to get shot at, fearing Jeff would come up concealed with the negs on the ambush and win it. With, you know, So negs on the uh, ambush roll and then win it. And it ends up when Jeff did come up, it looked like two or three squads under there. Was it? Was it, it was a crew, a uh, DC, a DC uh, light machine gun, a light machine gun. So I was like, "What? I have you like six to one odds in the, in the melee." Yeah. The thing that surprised me there that Jeff made all those consecutive moves and never got lost, never hit on a problem, never lost once. Yeah, I didn't get lost, which is unusual when I played in the sewers. It was the only thing that consistently turned out well for me. Otherwise, yeah, my dice rolling was not very good. I need to practice my dice rolling, I guess. I guess. But Dave, the dice were very kind to you. Uh, yeah, I, would say. I even switched and gave Jeff my dice midway through and let him re-roll a roll on those dice. By the way, and because I was hitting a lot of nice fours and yeah. fives, and you were consistently six and under. A lot of rates on a lot of things. Yes. Um, then when I shift with Jeff, the dice came up like nine, ten, eleven, three. Yeah, nine, eleven, three. To you know, so I was getting some K slashes, KIAs, and lots of casualties, mostly on Mark. Rolls I had on Mark. Yeah, we also had a lot of uh, a lot of sniper checks going on with the three players, three sniper activation numbers, and high numbers five, four, and three all covered. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like snipers are going off all the time. Sometimes two or three times in a turn. Yes, it was a lot of snipers. But I really liked the way that it, it played out because, for instance, I would start off with a prep fire and movement, then Mark would do defensive fire, then Dave would do defensive fire, and then would come back around to me for advance. And it worked around like that. So it, it added a extra defensive fire dimension there for people. Yeah. And it did allow Jeff to clear my preps I laid out, or my, my concealments I laid out to stop his movement because he got a defensive fire shot in Mark's turn which broke my concealment counter right. my dummies dummies right. so I didn't have to break concealment waste the prep fire yeah to break the dummies yes or move it well anything else about our game gentlemen uh, highly recommend it if you haven't played a three player game find a way to do it yeah I, I'm not sure this one's the best one of the two the other one is called 
Dogs of War. Oh yeah, recall. Really? Recall. Oh, yeah. I recall that out of my own brain without much help. Very good, Dave. Dogs Are those of War. the only two three players? Yeah, I know. Of. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. In terms of actual three players. Yeah. I was going to say, we've done some three players, but it's you and I teaming up on a side. Yeah, that's just one guy taking half the floor, center taking half the floor, standard scenario. So, uh, I think Dogs of War is a little more... Uh, I think this one has too big of a chance of coming out of draw as it is right now. But I mean, Yeah, I kind of wish it, that it was set up so that any of the three, all three sides are equally matched so that any of the three... All moving on the building, moving in the wind or something. You know. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't have to team up. But this one you really have to team up in order to make the rush. One of the other things we talked about, Jeff, is it might be interesting to try the blind setup as, as was recommended. Uh, yes. Yeah, and we set up yeah. on more, but I, I don't rules. think it made much of a difference. But I think it would have pitted us against each other more if we hadn't had the blinds uh, ahead of time. Oh, yeah. okay, right, right, yeah. All right, so very good. Sign off on this one and see what comes next. All right, I think it's time we talk about some real ASL. Well, that was real some ASL stuff. Core ASL rules. Some core ASL rules, and we are going to look at uh, some Japanese stuff today. So what the song Pacific. do you think we're going to play? Any guesses? Anybody? Anyone? Of course. Ah, oh, yes, Sensei Jeffrey. Very big deal to talk about the Japanese. Uh, Honorable Dave san. Very nice. And why are we talking about the Japanese? Well, it was a big deal. Can you imagine? It was, uh, think back. This just in, Jeffrey Allen. <laughs> this just in. How many years ago was it? Uh, 18 years ago. Code of Bushido. Code of Bushido came out in 1991. And imagine the excitement. Imagine the ripples of excitement that went through the ASL world when this module came out. It must have been a very big deal, I would think. Yes, it was. And all the shocked looks on faces when they got to the cave rules. Yes, yes. Well, the cave rules came out in Gung Ho, I think, didn't oh, they? Oh, sorry. You are yeah. correct. You are yeah. correct. That was smart. Keep keep going. Yeah, to just, yes. Yes. Put all the good stuff in Kota Bushido and then, then the... spring Gung Ho on everybody. And they're like, ah. Landing craft yeah. caves. Yeah. Cave rules are six pages long. Yeah. Can we just make up our own rules? <laughs> yes, you can. That's it's just I a game. All the time, yeah. folks. Yeah. But that, I mean, that must have been a huge thing. I mean, nobody was, nobody had... Had any idea what to expect? Well, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't the Manhattan Project. Well, there were no honorable Japanese squads in the initial squad leader system. Yeah, I mean, everything was right? Eastern uh, Europe, obviously. Yeah. And so this was all new. All new, and they had to find a way of portraying what what was, in fact, a very different theater of operations, a different way of fighting. They had a different enemy that thought very differently from the European... Uh, theaters of operation, and what they came up with was actually quite 
Brilliant. I will. I, I will say it's quite good. I'm on board with loving it. Yes, I'm not going to return it. Loving almost all of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I do think that there's a misconception that it is hard to play, and I, I don't really think that's the fact. There's a lot of rules, <laughs> but like all the rules, let's well, go back to what Bob said. What did Bob say to us? He said, "Just think, think of the consider the spirit of the rule, kind of right, kind of what they're Instead trying to get the, at." Or, or as you said at the tournament yesterday. The exceptions in the middle and the parentheses yes. start to wreck the feel for the rule and reading the examples in the rule book. Remember I said, yes, often it tells you how the rule works better than reading the rule. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love the Pacific. I don't play it any more than anything else other than, you know, um, just playing everything as it comes. And But absolutely great stuff there. Do you remember when it came out? You have some recollection of that? Yes, not as much as the other games. And I remember it was the first ASL game I saw in a, oh, those uh, game stores in the mall. Spencer's Gifts. Oh, yeah, Spencer's Gifts. And there were a couple there were a of couple. those. Yeah. And I saw it there. Really? And it was reduced on sale. <gasps> And I looked and do you looked. Think it's still, do you think it's still there? No. Oh. But I looked a long time at it going, oh, I already have it. I'm like, well, but it's only, and I forget what the original price was, 80, yeah. 60, and yeah, this probably. was like half off. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you might just grab it. It's half off. And no, what, what on earth would I do with two? Of course, now, I'm wishing I had that. Can you imagine set. somebody thought, oh, that's a great, you know, I'm going to get that for my for my little Tommy. And yeah. Take it home and he gets a, what's this? Well, I can't. Play it. My mother my, uh, got us Gettysburg, early Avalon Hill mm. game. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the no, podcast. No, I don't think so. My brother had invented a little game with the little toy tanks and drew an outline of the United States or something. It was. Did pretty, you cover them with glue and light them on fire? No, no. It was the, some other things, but yeah. um, <laughs> that's what I did. And so. It, then we built a diorama of Gettysburg using the Airfix oh, miniatures wow. for his project at some point. And so, yeah, Mom somehow encountered Gettysburg somewhere or someone's other's mother said, oh, there's this game. We never – and it, the rule book wasn't that long, but we never got it figured out. Or John oh. didn't try. Yeah. And I looked a couple times, very curious, and thought, well, when I'm older, I'm going to – Try that. Other people have mastered those rules at my age. I just didn't have the guts or the stick-to-itiveness or whatever to, yeah. or, or confidence that I could do that. You were dumb. I was, and I was yeah. also dumb. Yes. So, <laughs> so I took a look at the but Pacific wait, rules. But wait, mm-hmm. um, but when it did come out, is that when you bought it, Prosec? Kota Bushido? Was that yes. in those days? Yes, it was. And um, and did you play it right away? Or then? Games Plus? You know, I don't really remember getting it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And did we play it? Yes, we did. I'm sure we did because those were the days of not having a lot of new stuff. Yeah. So. It doesn't seem like that yeah. long ago, really, 1991. Well. For guys as old as we are. Guys it saying, doesn't seem that old long ago. In the letters, quarter of a century, red barricades. Yeah. I was like, wow. And the, the um, were you getting the general and... The ASL oh, annuals, you were buying oh, of those? of course, yes. So I did a little looking through my collection of the general, mm-hmm. and I was surprised because uh, I really haven't gone through the collection almost at all. 
But I was looking because I knew we were doing the show. So I went back looking for mentions of Kota Bushido in the general, and there really weren't. They didn't have a big article about, here's Kota Bushido. I went back to the previous year, and they had a nice big article all about West of Alamein, and I went to the following year, and they had a nice big article about Gung Ho. But there was no big article covering huh. Kota Bushido. And uh, I guess, as it turns out, the annual, because the ASL annual, 1992, covered it in such depth that oh, they, okay. they didn't put it in the general. So, But I do have the annual 1992, and I started reading that, and it's very fascinating, where they talk about how different it was fighting the Japanese and why they built the Japanese mechanics the way they did, based upon knowledge of how the Japanese fought, well, what their are, whole will you, cultural Will you be was. taking notes on that and presenting it? I will in be, yes, the in the next episode. Third or episode the third episode from now. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be great to hear. Yeah. So let's jump right into some rules. Have, do you know the rules? Well, we have. Yes, I do. And, and I have notes. <laughs> oh. Uh, G.1. Oh, G. At the very Chapter beginning. G. Chapter G. Boy, that's going to throw everything off. Anytime it says PTO terrain in effect. PTO on Pacific On all these scenario cards. Yes, thank you. Woods become jungle. Brush becomes bamboo. And orchards become palm trees. Sweet. So you don't have different boards. Like with coconuts and stuff and everything? Oh, you don't have different boards. Okay. Correct. Same boards. Taking all your European boards, make those changes in your minds. Mm -hmm. And it works perfectly well. It's amazing when I go, oh, Pacific, and I look at the board, I immediately see kunai and palm trees. And and I go, Europe, and I look at the same board, and I see little apple tree orchards. And yeah. Yeah. So. You're good at that. I have a good imagination. You do. All wooden single-story houses in your hexes with two or more buildings in it. Those little the hex with two little buildings or more little buildings in them. Mm-hmm. They become huts. And there weren't a lot of those in the early boards, if any, or very few. There are a lot of them on later boards, especially ones more designed for the Pacific. Oh, okay. So they... So after Kota Bushido came out, they sort of designed the boards thinking you could use these both ways. Yes. Yeah. And you'll find a lot more of those little multiple build, wooden buildings in a, in a, in a hex. Yeah. Well, that, that becomes a little hut. And it does yeah. look like huts, you know. Yeah. Grain becomes kunai. How come it's not rice patties? I don't oh, no. Well, it wouldn't be rice patties. There are rules. They don't have rice patties. patties. And marsh becomes jungle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Marsh by a jungle hex is swamp. Ah. And there's some differences, which I'm not doing the terrain here. I'm looking at the first section of rules. And okay. Introducing the whole thing. But those will come up during terrain time. You bet it will. Yeah. In fact, so we may do a whole tuned, to show if we want to keep going. Just on Japanese terrain. It's up to you. We want to keep pushing yeah, I think, shows on Yeah, we could do five, Pacific. six, seven, ten, twenty, thirty episodes. Yep. Fifty episodes. Uh, there are also no sellers. Anywhere in the Pacific, yes, in multi-hex yeah. stone buildings. No roads, because they become paths. Wood, or woods roads become paths. Um, adjacent stream ends connect to each other. So you might put up these boards, and they're just clarifying. Streams connect. And then G.2, fortifications in jungle, kunai bamboo, are set up H.I.P. According to rule E, 
All right, so I will read Rule E1.16, Fortifications. All fortification counters. Why am I doing this? This is how all the fortifications work in jungle, kunai, and bamboo. All the fortifications. Um, pillboxes. Oh, okay. Uh, trenches. Okay. All fortification counters are set up, hidden at night, regardless of terrain. Hidden in bamboo jungle, kunai. And remain hidden until their protective TEM is used. A non-dummy enemy unit enters the location that contains it. Or extra movement factors, movement points, are used to enter exit it in the line of sight of a good order enemy unit. Yes. So, and that you get doesn't have to be night. Okay. Um, it can happen anytime you're setting them up in jungle, kunai, bamboo in daytime. So lots of hidden things. Ah, so many that I think we've mentioned on the show before <laughs> that I've often had Americans walk right by all my stuff. Yes, because <laughs> I forget I put it there. Um, but that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah, and it adds to this great flavor we're talking of this difference, right? Yes, um, of it the does. Things and, I'm sure that'll be in the articles you're reading. Yeah, in the annual G point three, no fire groups from dense jungle, kunai, bamboo, or swamp. If you're in adjacent, two adjacent su- such hexes, so if guys firing from kunai and bamboo next to each other, no fire group. Yeah, and I, you know, um, I we have seen this rule before. No fire groups. Uh, the scenario we were playing yesterday with partisans, there were no fire groups. And I, I will say I don't quite understand the thinking behind that, not not allowing a fire group. Well, I'll say it. the thinking is the, the partisans weren't trained enough to oh, okay. coordinate the fire. And easy. in this case, the terrain is so dense, you can't coordinate your fire. But to be honest with you, Jeffrey, I hate those rules. Yeah. I hate them because we love s- we love fire groups, don't we? <laughs> yes, and then you got to stag. Yeah, we and don't it's like, like stags. What I have to stag? That is yeah. such a hindrance. One of the main things: don't stag. Yeah, main newbie rule: don't stag. And here you have situations where you're going to have to get a decent fire group. You yeah, know, and taking a little four shots all the time at things. But our own personal problems with that aside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who are we? Who are we Far to question we. Don Greenwood and yeah. the rest of the G.4. Detection. I made a note. Describe normal concealment detection. How, oh, Jeff, if, I, if I'm concealed in a building across the street from you, you really got to get moving quickly. How do you find out what's in there? Two ways? Well, uh, there's at one and two. You could, you could, <laughs> the first one would be? Well, you could run up to it, try to... Try to enter it. Enter it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Instead of shooting at it all day. Yeah. So now that detection, they call it here. I think it's detection in the normal rules too, but hit initial placement, stealthy defenders in jungle kunai bamboo. And the Japanese are mostly stealthy. Mostly stealthy. And I think this jungle kunai bamboo, I'm going to call JKB. Okay. Does that work for everybody? JKB. Yes. In fact, I'm surprised they didn't abbreviate it themselves when yeah. they were writing this rule book. They can reveal or retain hip when enemy enter the hex. Or they can use triple point blank fire and the attacker ends his move in a hex. They can place a close combat counter on him. So when a dude comes in your hex and you're hidden, normally we have to place our counters out with a concealment counter on it, right? Right. Oh, you're entering a hex with a concealed gun. And that would push the guy, guy back. Yeah. yeah. Here i got to push you out. 
And re- and re- no, not in the jungle. Yeah, now that's cool. That's cool. All these hidden pill boxes, and now you got hidden guys, and you can walk right through them. Yes, and they don't have to reveal. Right, and I like this part of the game because it adds a layer of fog, a, a, an element of fog of war, that you don't get as much in the ETO stuff. Correct. And I like that. And I know it's you, you can't do a total fog of war thing, and I don't even think that – I'm not even sure that would be fun to play, but it does add a new dimension. Yeah, it does. And lots of um, tactical and strategic things we'll get to next episode. Okay. Um, I can't wait. And so – I'm going to listen to that one. All A11.19 applies. Oops, don't know Oh, does was. it really? <laughs> uh not 11.19. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, yes. Oh. I know you were afraid of that, weren't you? Oh. <laughs> if another hip dude appears in the close combat phase, then ambush can occur. So, so you can ambush when a guy pops out already in your hex because you didn't reveal earlier. Yeah. Uh, G.5. Moving right along. There's a plus two recovery attempt in JKB. And what does JKB stand for? Jungle. Kunai, bamboo. Correct. Plus two to recover. That's one I forget sometimes. So watch me on that if we play the Japanese sound. To recover a weapon. Yeah, you know, don't, roll a, don't a roll a six. Right, because if you yeah. roll a six, it's gone. You can't yeah. find it. You can't yeah. pick it up. Right. And yeah, plus two on that roll. So 50% of the time, you can't find a weapon in the jungle. No, oh, okay. You know, it's not the break number when you're trying to fix it. This is the one where the, what, the light machine gun's laying there. Yeah. And you want to move in the hex and pick it up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That gets challenging. And then rule G.6, plus one to the attacker when they're ambushing in JKB. Okay. Because you're making more noise. You're the attacker. You're moving through jungle. You're gonna and jungle can be really noisy. You're hitting, yeah. Yeah, kunai. You're going to make more noisy noise. leaves with tin cans hung on them. <laughs> and, hey, they don't have that rule in Squad Leader. Well, they should. They should. And G.7, radio contact, more difficult in the PTO, plus one on your radio contact and maintenance die rolls. Yes, for both sides? Moisture in the jungle yes. and, right. and dense Salt water. canopy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for all, anyone, correct. Okay. So I know all right. the, Japanese, the Japanese equipment was not all that good. Yeah. Do you remember that would explain it. doing the hangout and watching um, The Gentleman in the Philippines? Yes. And his bookshelf behind him. Yes. All, all the books were in baggies. Yes. Mark Humphreys. Mark Humphreys. Yes. yes. Everything in baggies. Yeah, I thought so that was pretty Unless you keep your radios yeah. in baggies in the PTO. No. Uh, 1.1. Reduce strength side. What happens, Jeff, when my Japanese squad is moving and he gets shot and fails a morale check? You flip him over. And what is on that side? Well, he's not broken. Uh-huh. He's just reduced in strength. Yes, he is. But his morale doesn't go down. Usually not. Right? Yeah, usually not. Firepower range often. Right. He's but not the Japanese a half squad. The Japanese yet. squads were larger than uh, you know a typical Japanese squad was fifteen. Oh, was it fifteen? Yes. Okay. So a bit larger. So they're thinking there, and I will go over that more in that article. In that article, their thinking was: you lose a few men, you still have enough strength. So firepower really not going to go down that much. And you're fanatical. Yes. In addition, okay. Right. I didn't realize it was the size thing, too. Because when I play Battleground Miniatures game, I, I did learn that, oh, squads are not just 10 men. You know, they're 
they have variety and they change from year to year in some nations also. Yes, right. Or type of units. Right. So the red stripe is on the backside. Now that is called step reduction. Yes. A term rarely ever heard when playing Pacific ASL because the players aren't going, oh, you're step reduced, you know, right? I just say flip it to the red side. Yeah. Which is actually longer. Or, or stripe him, people <laughs> will say. Striped. I heard. They get striped. Yeah, Bob was saying striped. And yeah. I thought, what? And striped sounds a lot like step reduced. It does, yeah. Oh, now that you mention it. And if I have a little more pinch, it'll sound <laughs> even more like it. <laughs> striped. Uh, step reduced. Step so, reduced. Oh, that guy's striped. And you flip him over. Yeah. And um, when you also get a one sniper attack on you. That happens too. Only squads and infantry crews uh, step reduct well. You want some more pinch? No. You trying to figure out what you wrote? Trying to figure out what it means? Got it now. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'll just fill in. You should just give me the that's sign. Okay. I'm cutting all that out. I'm not looking that dumb on here. <laughs> I'm editing this show, so that's gone. <laughs> No, come on. Oh, yeah. No, you got to leave that in. No, I'll think about it. No, it's normal. That's normal. You were just, you know, you lost your place on the page. Okay. But next time that happens, just give me the sign and I'll sing a song or something. (laughs) And the note does make sense. Only squads and infantry crews suffer step reduction. Ta-da. Well, as opposed to what? Leaders. Oh, leaders don't. Correct. Right. Now, there's a thing called an attack break. And, again, to be honest, I don't even use these terms much playing the game. Yeah, actually, I'm, attack not, break, I'm, not thinking, break. I'm not thinking what that is, attack break. Yeah, and I just play. I just play. It yeah. seems like I'm doing this all correctly. But one, if you're full strength, it is step reduced. Right. Two, if you're attacked and you break. If reduced strength, you exchange it for what comes out. So I'm red, well, I'm striped already. I right. break again. What happens to my... You go to the half squad. You go right to the half squad. Right. One yeah. unbroken half squad. Yeah. If you're not... Still unbroken, right? Yes. Yeah. If, yeah, right. So you can keep coming. Yeah. He gets really a lot of breaks before he breaks. Right. If non-conscript and full strength and exceed your ELR... Oh, shoot. Now suddenly I can't remember that one. It's too many it's things. But if yeah. we play the game, you would probably instantly do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Of course, you... Well, failed deal are you? You you'd go down to a half squad, no. or I mean, you go down to the next level uh, unit, unit, next quality. Unit. Correct. Okay. So you do a lower class, and you still step reduce. Okay. Yes. Um, right. Right. Okay. Ah, now it's coming back to me. Now that you told me, it's come back to me. <laughs> no, you knew well, it. It's funny you how that it. goes together. And if you're a conscript and exceed your ELR, you're a broken half squad. Now I might do that wrong. Attack break. If you're conscript and you exceed your ELR, you don't... Oh, I guess the point here is you don't get disrupted. Oh, Japanese right. may not disrupt, They, I they don't disrupt. You go to a broken half squad. Yeah. Which probably I do correctly because when I start looking for disruption, I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys don't do that. What do I do? Maybe I look it up. I don't know. But broken half squad. Yeah. Because you can't go down another level, I guess. So then there's this other break. Other break is other times you take morale checks that aren't getting shot at, Mm -hmm. attack break, bailing out, voluntary break, wreck checks, paratroop checks, white phosphorus morale checks, pangy checks, overrun prevention checks. 
And if you're full strength, then you go to two broken half squats. So if I'm bailing out of the vehicle and I fail my morale check, I don't go to stripe side. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. And you go to the two broken half squads. Ah, right? uh, okay. All right. Because, um, and then two, part, if you reduce strength already, so you're striped already, then you go to one broken half squad when you bail out and fail the check or any of those other things. And if you go over your ELR, you're to the next lower class like normal. So I don't know when the last time I had a other break result on Japanese was. A rec check, voluntary. Hmm. I don't voluntary break with them usually ever. I don't voluntary break with much anybody. Bailing out. So I don't know if I play that correctly or not. Something to watch. Yeah. Yeah, probably doesn't come up that often. Yeah. And then rule 1.14. Casualty reduction applies normally to all Japanese personnel. Rule 1.15. Unarmed Japanese, like a prisoner counter. Yeah. Uh, can enter the enemy hex and do close combat oh. at one with one firepower point, unless it's a, currently a prisoner. Wow. And it's an obstacle to enemy movement. Wow. <laughs> I, I totally forgot that one. I'm like, what? Again, I don't often have, how often do you have yeah, a Japanese how, I prisoner? Know. Yeah, I don't know how often that would come up, but it's there. Yeah. That's one of those rules that... Yeah, because often you have the no quarter in effect yeah. and various things. But if you ever do have a Japanese prisoner who gets freed somehow, right? Yeah. He he's can use, he's useful. run around and jump on people in close combat yeah. with one point, power, uh, close combat point. And he can block enemy movement. Now think of winning a yeah. tournament with that yeah. little, little rule. That would be a sweet thing that nobody would think of. No. You know, Japanese prisoner gets in my way. I'm like, he can't stop, prevent movement. And yes, yeah, he can. Well, yes, he can. And 1.16, deploying. Oh, yeah. So if you're reduced strength, striped, and you get in a situation where you can deploy, what happens? Is he equal to a squad? Who can go to two half squats? Well, when would you? Uh, why would you deploy him? I don't know why. I've never done it. Um, let's see. What were we talking about yesterday about deployment? Oh, at the ASL Open. Thank you. It's an interesting deployment tactic for the Russians, who normally cannot deploy, but they can deploy when they. And we have to fill take in the a blank prisoner. Here. Maybe. Um, I think anyone can deploy to take prisoners. Yeah. And something that came up yesterday. Something that came up yesterday. Um, When they... (laughs) Dang. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) What do we... It had something to do with the Sangar. Like your Russian unit would go into a Sangar. To man a a gun, it can deploy. It can deploy because a Sangar only holds a half squad. Correct. And there's still another example of that. Which, um, that was amazing to me. Well, not amazing. No. Well, I'm easily impressed, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> I lead such a dull life. That's that was cool. And I we thought never that was really cool. do that. So, um, so, so yeah, you could run all your Russians. You know, just man everybody the gun, jump in that sangar. You get out. The other guy goes in. Yeah, you, know, you get... and two half squads come out. That's pretty cool. Oh, and, and there, there is another example of uh, deploying. A yeah, Russian? and I can't think of what that is. All right, right now. well, I'll come no. to us. Yeah. Um, but if you're reduced strength, you go to one half squad, not two half squads. So I don't know what 
why you'd ever want to deploy a reduced strength, a striped Japanese squad if you're only going to get one half squad out of it instead of two. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And case two, good order half squads of the same class can recombine into a full squad, not a red squad, just to make clear, not a striped squad. Not a stripe. Okay. Combine. Half squads do not disrupt. Half squads do break and rally normally. There's yeah. no, no disruption thing. Okay. And now smoke. Japanese do have smoke, which I found surprising. I just, you know, thought of They it. also thought... have fire. They have many things, many modern conveniences. <laughs> but, well, but the Russians don't have a lot of smoke. Oh, the Russians don't. Oh, do they have right? any smoke? The Russians don't have much at all. Do no they have infantry some? smoke. Yeah, no infantry smoke. Right. right. Okay. No white phosphorus and stuff. Right. And so suddenly, well, I've learned that Japan has it. Yes. The elite and first line have yeah. the smoke grenades. And elite have white phosphorus as well. Often, I totally forget that. Yeah. I'm not good at using my white phosphorus, you know. People talk about the Americans. You move, the guy breaks, like firing at you with a final protective fire. He rolls over his morale, he breaks. Throw your white phosphorus grenade at him. Force a morale check on him. He fails. He's half-squatted. And then you advance, you fire on him. And the other half-squad is gone. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's cool. You well, should put that on a card and just, <laughs> we could sell that. I didn't think that up. That's from yeah. a journal or annual. Oh, that's good. And the Japanese elite can do that as well. Okay. I do remember that they have the white phosphorus. Yeah. And the mortars, I remember because it's on the counter. But Yes. Yeah, but not the uh, um, men. Right. Well, 1.3. Wrapping up here for today, cruise, step reduce also. A two two eight infantry crew goes to a one two eight. That's mm-hmm. a tank crew, right? Okay. Vehicle crew. Yep. And if already step reduced red side oh, I'm sorry, the two two eight stripes to the one two eight. Yes. And if already step reduced then it goes to a broken one two seven. I okay. played it wrong for years. Dang, because you, should, you know, think of all the people don't tell that my you wronged. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I let them do it, too, if they were playing the oh, Japanese. Okay. All right. Like, no, he's not broken. Cause well, I guess like it a, evens out Well, then. my thinking was a squad gets striped. Yeah. And then it gets a good order half squad. Right. And so I got so used to that pattern that suddenly with my crews, I was striping them to the red side. Yeah. Flip them over red. And then give them an infantry crew. Not broken. A, a good order, one, two, yeah. seven. But oh, guess okay. what? You it's only, a broken one. It's a broken one. Okay. So and that's critical, manning guns and all that. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. And um, if they get hit with the other break, bailing out, parachuting, things that won't happen to your crews, um, it ain't going to happen to a crew. Well, okay. okay. If other break, exchange it for a full or reduced infantry crew to a broken 127. So they instantly go to the broken okay. state. Yeah. Now, vehicle crews break and rally also normally. Yeah. Once they're broken. And the last rule single man counters. Now, I don't know if I finished this section. I did not. But I'll introduce it here and we'll cover it in detail. Okay. The third show from now. Single man counter, no, no broken side. Right? That's right. You flip them over, what's there, Jeff? They're just reduced. Um, what? Uh, yeah. I don't know, just reduced morale? Yeah, like one well, down? and the modifiers. And the modifier, sometimes. yeah. Like a 10 might become a 9 plus 1. Yes. Just interesting ranking structure. It's all right. different. Yeah. No red side, right? No stripe? That's right. 
And that sort of reflects just the way the Japanese leaders were. Fanaticism. Yeah. And when they do flip over to that wounded side, what do they have to take? Uh, a shot of sake. <laughs> because otherwise they're really in trouble. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh, you got all sake on me right now. Take a drink. Because they're not broken. They're wounded. So they have to roll that die. Oh, they have to take a check. And five or six, they're dead. Oh, gosh, I'd forgotten so that. They're, yes, they're, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, so it's nice to go, oh, he's broke. He broke. I'm just going to flip him over. Eh, yeah, take that wound check. Yeah. See if you're dead. Yeah. And so they can be, they can disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. has been my experience with the Japanese leaders. But now I'm going to throw something out, which, mm-hmm. I, which I like to do. I just, I, I like to throw a monkey into the fan blades. Oh um, my gosh! Yes. That sounds horrible. Well, because I'm dangerous with just the, the ever ever so slight bit of knowledge. There's something about <laughs> the Japanese. If the leader dies, the squads don't have to take a loss leader morale check. They just take a loss leader task check. That is correct. And they're immune, or are they immune to both? I don't recall. It shows how. Little we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we'll look that up for no, the next episode. You, no, oh, no, it's like no, a cliffhanger. I'm going to confidently say, yeah, okay. you are correct, and they don't take the leader loss pin checks normally. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leader breaks. They don't take a pin check. They're going to keep going. Yes. Leader. Well, leader. Leader um is killed. They take a pin check instead of right the break right. check instead of a break no, check. I'm going to bet we're totally right. And I like a man that's confident. That's me. Listeners, correct. Make a correction yeah. in the notes at the bottom of the episode if I am wrong. Oh, Dave's wrong again. He, he wrote, well, leaders don't break, and I just made him misspeak right there anyway. But um, the break is a wound, and the exception is a heroic, already wounded, or casualty morale check, or a wounded take hunter hero. Then they're eliminated. When they yeah. break, already heroic, already wounded, wounded tank on a hero, casualty morale check, boxcars, eliminated. Now, three movement factors when they're wounded, like normal and lower morale yeah. and a lower modifier. Oh, I put it right there in the note. So yeah, it is both. Yeah, it is both. And they're immune to pin. You don't pin a Japanese leader ever. Oh, exception. <laughs> uh. Huts can collapse when you blow them up. Yeah. And if he gets pinned under the hut. Oh. Like Jabba the Hut. I forgot. Sma- sits on him. You know pin, how heavy Jabba the Hut is? Oh, yeah. Heavy. So if, 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 I've picked If the up. hut collapses yeah. on you, yes. you can't get out of from under it for a yeah. while. Then he is pinned. But he's not pinned for a morale check, kind of pin check thing. Okay. Ever. And even a lone single-man counter may conduct an infantry overrun. Wow. You know how, like, you have a half squad blocking your exit on a board or a leader blocking your exit? Yeah. And the old rules, that would prevent him, and squad leader, that would prevent you from exiting and winning. Right. One leader. So they said, oh, that's stupid. You know, three squads coming at that leader, they're going to be able to do the overrun and go right through or push him out of the way or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't ever do those, so I don't know what happens. Uh, The leader by himself can try and overrun (laughs) another dude. Wow. So there you go. Stop right there for today? Yeah, I think that's enough for today. 
everybody's brains are bursting with new information, exciting news, especially the Australians now that uh, they've got a winner in the Masters. Green yeah. coat. Congratulations to them again. Yes, indeed. And congratulations to us for five years, five years. and going. We still like each other. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not so much. I think we got lucky on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I would say. <laughs> you really think about it. Yeah. But. Yeah. And staying productive. Very good show. Very good. I'm glad you uh, brought that stuff. And more Pacific next time. And yeah, lots what's more. in the box too. Yes, and we'll have all kinds of stuff. We've got all kinds of stuff. Coming right up. Yeah. Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you again next time. In the meantime, farewell. Roll low. And rally well. But not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. Especially. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye everybody. Yeah, I can just imagine those uh the Japanese uh Leaders, you know, with their samurai swords are up there. They don't have rules for samurai swords. No, they really don't have rules for samurai attacks, but um, they should. They should. But they have the hand to hand thing. Yes, but not hand to sword. No, maybe that includes that.